another podcast from Corey O'Connor. Corey Talks. On the agenda today, January 1 brought with it a number of new rules here in Australia. Federal opposition leader Peter Dutton calls for a boycott of Woolworth supermarkets. First, though, I for one thought it might have been the last time we heard about duplicitous former Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison. A PR guy who didn't hold a hose? Of course, that is a reference to the catastrophic bushfires this country endured during his time as PM, where his office told Australians he was here for us during the crisis. In actual fact, he was holidaying in Hawaii. During lockdowns, he secretly made himself minister for a number of government portfolios, including Treasurer, the rorting, the grifting, the lies and misinformation, and of course, that disgusting smirk. But now it has been revealed that 78 documents related to deliberations by Cabinet's National Security Subcommittee related to the Iraq War were not handed over when the then Morrison government was required to do so three years ago and were only found just days before the formal January 1 release. Cabinet documents from 2003 were released on New Year's Day as part of a regular program of annual dispatches by the National Archives of Australia. Here's Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese announcing what will now happen. I do want to make some comments about uh, the release of documents that takes place uh, every uh, 20 years. The process there is that documents are provided uh, to the National Archives of Australia three years in advance. So the documents for what occurred in 2003... Uh, were provided in 2020 by the then Morrison government to the National Archives of Australia. It's clear uh, that there were um, some Cabinet records uh, missing from that transfer from the government. Some 78 Cabinet records were not transferred to the National Archives. The Public Service have now, within days of being notified uh, of that, uh, provided the remaining documents to the archives and the head of the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet has commenced an independent review that will be conducted by Dennis Richardson as to how this failure in 2020 to provide all the appropriate documentation occurred. Let me make it very clear of what my government's position is. Australians have a right to know the basis upon which Australia went to war in Iraq. Australians lost their lives during that conflict and we know that some of the stated reason for going to war was not correct in terms of the weapons of mass destruction uh, that uh, was alleged Iraq had at that time. Australians do have a right to know what the decision-making process was and my government, my government believes that this mistake must be corrected, that the National Archives of Australia should release all the documentation uh, that has been provided to them, uh, having account for uh, any national security issues, of course, upon the advice of the national security agencies. But there is no reason why these documentations should be, with the exception of putting people in danger, 
uh, should be not released in a transparent way. Uh, so we will. Uh, we have asked that this occur, and if, uh, if this doesn't occur, we'll look at whether the government needs to take further action to ensure that there's transparency here, because Australians do deserve to know the basis upon which the decision was made to send uh, Australia to war. We know at that time uh, this was a, an issue uh, which uh, did not have uh, bipartisan support. Simon Crean made the courageous uh, decision and, and the tremendous speech when he saw off our troops here in Sydney of saying that we always support our troops but we did not support uh, the decision at that time. Former Defence Minister Robert Hill, who was in Cabinet in 2003, has said there's no reason the record should be kept secret and has supported their release. The 78 confidential records have since been provided to the National Archives of Australia and will be released after vetting for ongoing national security concerns. A statement by the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet says the failure was attributed to apparent administrative oversights, likely due to the outbreak of COVID-19 at the time of the transfer. Former senior public servant Dennis Richardson has been tasked with a rapid review of the transfer failure after the additional records were found. The PM says Richardson's inquiry would determine whether the documents were kept secret in error or whether they were intentionally covered up. My view? With Scott Morrison, it's so hard to tell. He's devious to the last, manipulative, but he's also incompetent. This is the Corey Talks podcast with Corey O'Connor. Mid last week, a story blew up in Australia on talk radio, that well-known divider of audiences and extreme views. Woolworth Supermarkets and retailer Big W have decided not to stock Australia Day merchandise this year due to lower demand. This had Melbourne Radio 3AW summertime host Tony Jones, a creepy man who's trying to make a name for himself on radio before his TV career as a sports presenter on Nine News Melbourne disappears. Well, Jones was up in arms over the Woolworths Group's decision. Posters on X were critical of Jones, who said Woolies should stick to what they're good at and not participate in such issues. Many pointed out Jones's hypocrisy as Woolworths are sticking to their core business. They'd noted a decline in Aussies purchasing Australia Day merchandise, which is no doubt not made in Australia. Seems like a normal business decision. Sadly, they don't make ratings-grabbing media content. Every year at this time, there's continuing debate on whether the day in which Australia celebrates as a nation should be changed from January 26. My personal belief, the date should be changed. I explained why in a post on X. When this country was discovered by Europeans in 1606, the Dutch, that's probably the time, tongue-in-cheek, when the land was called New Holland, despite the Aboriginal peoples inhabiting the land for many thousands of years by that point. January 26, 1788 marked the beginning of white settlement. From then on, Australia was treated by the British as a colony of settlement, not of conquest. On January 1, 1901, Australia officially became a nation. So while celebrating Australia Day on January 26 is offensive to 
many Indigenous communities, it's also commemorating a day when Australia was not actually Australia. I remember when I was a kid hearing a jingle that said January 26, Australia Day, a celebration of a nation. So if we're actually celebrating Australia Day, shouldn't it be January 1? As that was the day Australia did, indeed, become a nation. That was my post on X. Federal opposition leader Peter Dutton came out and professed that everyone should boycott Woolworths. That's very interesting to me as the right wing of politics are repeatedly on about cancel culture and here's Dutton calling for just that. In response to Dutton's comments, the federal government said he was always focused on a culture war. Reconciliation Australia, a non-profit that advocates for reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians, welcomed the Woolworths' decision, saying that they are encouraged to see more and more Australians take time to re-evaluate what we want our national day to represent and how we can create a better country. Corey Talks with Corey O'Connor. A brand new year has brought in new rules across this nation. One of the most vital at this time is the increase to some Centrelink income support recipients, but January 1 also marked a new rule. It's now illegal to import disposable vapes, and according to the Therapeutic Goods Administration, that's the TGA, there will be very limited exceptions. Disposable vapes imported before January 1 will be able to be lawfully supplied in Australia, but there are strict conditions around it. Disposable vapes containing nicotine that meet TGA requirements may continue to be lawfully supplied in Australia from chemists to a patient with a prescription in accordance with state and territory laws for prescription medications. Meantime, disposable vapes that don't contain nicotine or any other medicine and don't make therapeutic claims may be supplied by retailers generally, including vape stores, subject, of course, to state and territory law. Youth workers say support will be required for withdrawal and mental health issues related to the national vape ban. Data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics shows one in six people aged 15 to 17 have vaped. Figures rise to almost two in five when it comes to those in the 18 to 24 age bracket. It really looks like yet another human-created health problem that will take decades or more to correct. There's a link to the story about concerns over the vape ban in the show notes. And as I mentioned earlier, some Centrelink recipients will get an increase in line with the consumer price index. They include payments for Ausstudy, the youth allowance and the disability support pension. There are also changes to Medicare, meaning you'll need to spend more to qualify for higher Medicare rebates. Medications on the PBS, that's the Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme, will increase slightly. From January 1, the cost of most general prescription medications by $1.60, while for concession card holders, it will be up an extra $0.40 per prescription. Until now, university students had to pass at least half of their units to keep qualifying for Commonwealth assistance like university loans. However, from January 1, it's been scrapped. It's part of the government's new support for students policy, which in a few months will require universities to come up with policies that support students to successfully complete their degrees. My thoughts? Well, that's instead of just taking tuition fees. So 
got a two thumbs up from me. Additional jobs have been added to the apprenticeships priority list, which was designed to support strong current and future demand for skilled workers. In 2024, 19 occupations have been added, including ambulance officer, furniture maker, irrigation, nursing support, pharmacy technician and architecture. Non-trade trainees will also be eligible for apprenticeship loans in fields like childcare, aged and disability care. No doubt this will be controversial. From January 1, the state of Victoria has banned all gas connections for new homes. It doesn't affect dwellings that don't need a planning permit, homes with an existing gas connection or renovations and extensions to existing homes. This is part of Victoria's push to transition to clean energy. And finally, from the beginning of the 2024 school year in the Australian Capital Territory and Queensland, mobile phones will be banned from public schools. The ban now matches schools in Victoria, New South Wales, South Australia, Western Australia and Tasmania. I'll put links to all the resources that have gone into the making of this episode in the show notes. Now, the next episode of Corey Talks will be out next Tuesday, the 23rd of January at 12 midday Australian Eastern daylight time. That makes it 2pm in New Zealand, 1am in the UK, 2am in Germany, 10am Japan time and 8pm the previous day in New York. Links and contact details on the website bio.link forward slash Corey Talks.